Hello and welcome back to Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your sexy ranch hand co-host, Calderness. This is episode 285. Howdy, howdy, let's get rowdy. Dial H for Hero Clicks is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Hero Clicks singles and seal products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. First try. Of course, like always in the studio, <laughs> I am joined by my co-host, Simeon Bruce. What's going on, Simeon? Oh, not a whole lot. Just being a South Dakota state champion. I used to know what that was like. I mean, technically, you're... You're like, what is it, uncontested or something like that? Yeah. Because you, you didn't show up, so like they had to defer the belt to me. Right. Except yeah. they definitely did show up and lost. Oh, okay. But it, but it was popper, so it's different. So it's so, yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. So it's really, I'm the popper South the Dakota popper, State champion. You're the poor South Dakota State champion, which I'm okay with. They should put that all on the map. Yeah. Like South Dakota popper State champion instead of just South Dakota State champion. I agree. I absolutely agree. Like always, we like to start every week off with what made us happy this week. Simeon, you got something? Uh, this week is a pretty rough week. But uh, what made me happy was uh, playing at the Nebraska States. Getting to see everybody two weekends in a row. That was nice. pretty cool. Nice. I sadly missed Nebraska States. Uh, my hell cows, they all fell out of my Heroclix box and grew like 80 times in size and we're just all over the the beautiful green hills of south dakota so we had to wrangle them up did that make me happy this week no not one bit so we're gonna skip that and do what actually did <laughs> i love ranching but uh the cattle get them a nerve sometimes you can't control them they're animals beautiful creatures i respect them doesn't mean i have to like them because, man, they are they're cruel. They're cruel. They're cruel things. Anyways, what made me happy this week? Uh, we, today, I finally cracked open my WizKids handed copy. It was given to me by WizKids themselves of Kibble Scuffle for reasons I won't disclose on this episode. If you want to, you can, you can listen to the Worlds episode and find out how that happened. And we finally played Kibble Scuffle. And I was, I was impressed by it, to be really honest with you. Uh, I finally took the plastic off and actually opened it up today. It has a little, um, like, you know, if you buy a box of rice or something, it has one of those little notches in the side of the box. So you, like, open that up, and then you can tip it over. And, like how salt has that, you know, where you lift it up and you pour it out like that on the side of the box. You know what I'm saying? It yeah, there's that. a song about it. Yeah. Oh, I hate you, Simeon. All right. I Tip me over and pour me yeah. out. Well, that's not. It's a teapot. There's like this is different. This is like you know built into the box. It's like a little lever-looking thing. Like the box is flat. Then you, I'm doing really hard to like basically just say it's like a it's a spout or whatever. Anyways, the kibble box. So after you get everything out of the game, all the cards and everything out of the game, you take the kibble pieces, you put them randomly in the box, and then the box is part of the game, and you use that to like randomize the the pouring of the little kibble pieces. I, it was really cute. It was real neat. All right. I that's yeah, that's pretty sweet because it's a it's not a big box. It's not no, it's small. So it's yeah, that's cool that they utilized it. It was dope, and the fact that it was a game element, it was a little rough. 
uh because i didn't read the rules all the way through and we just kind of started playing like we'll figure out how we go along and we, we ended up having to change a lot of things but it was still really fun it was a really fun game with the cats eating at the different bowls and then there's a there's a eating phase and i think the game works pretty well i really couldn't think of ways to like totally improve it it was just played differently than most games with the way the phases went and how they can interrupt each other and stuff but i still really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun and uh so yeah i really enjoyed playing old kibble scuffle that should just be a youtube video me explaining the rules really poorly and then a million cats coming in and just messing everything up uh it won't are you gonna go into the competitive scene of kibble scuffle? Uh, i might go into the competitive kibble scuffle scene if i maybe won that game but my sister handily uh beat me i would say it's because she likes cats more that's the <laughs> excuse and that's all i have to give you so moving right along into the news section Like always in news, let's go to least interesting to most interesting. So because we already had, yeah, somehow we're not doing uh, that first. We're going to do the Skirmish Design Insight. This is not me trying to poo-poo on Skirmish. It's just not a lot of things totally change. And I still haven't played a Skirmish game, game myself despite owning the ROC uh, Skirmish map. I just haven't had time to, like, set it up, find the people that want to play. Because when I go every week, we just play whatever, whatever we want to play, you know. I just haven't had the time to, like casually play a game of skirmish so we can go ahead and read through a little bit of the article we're not going to spend too much time on it since it doesn't totally affect everything it's not official official game mode yet no tournaments are being run with it but i i want to say um from what i understood of skirmish for the small minutia the little bit that i saw these changes seem to be smart to help uh, streamline the format as a whole i would say Right. Since you're not scoring like the normal way, right? it's a far departure from like what you would normally expect from Heroclix. And I just, I can't help but like, every time I read one of these rules, I kind of apply it to like a, like a modern 300 point game. And I'm like, wow, this is a bad rule, but it's different. So definitely going to have to like play through it to figure out if it's actually bad or if it's just my biased like with like the normal play style that's making it feel that way okay sure so i'm gonna read some of the new rules and then there are some changes to original rules let me just go ahead and read the two new rules for three to four player skirmishes update to format only only one multi-base character per starting force this includes peanut two by two etc so i think that helps with the whole placement thing it just makes that easier so that's cool Special yeah. terrain, they also go to say, uh, special terrain doesn't fit well into it, so no special terrain on starting forces or sidelines. So there's no special terrain in Skirmish, because obviously all the starting areas are so close, special terrain rules don't make a lot of sense, with having to be at least three away from starting area, blah, 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 and it's like, you know what? And besides that, if you played, like, Dune Buggy on a Skirmish map, it feels like almost everybody would have negative one to attack, or, like, yeah. the boxing ring would almost be in a starting area, I want to say. Like, rings like that would be in a starting area, so that makes sense. No special terrain. That makes sense. I, I, I can agree with that for the most part. Oh, yeah, and if you could start your entire force inside the boxing <laughs> ring and be like, yeah, you got, like, a minus two if you want to shoot anyone in here. Yeah, have fun. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so I understand both of those. Um, the they both seem like fairly obvious things that uh, should be for this format. Um, the changes to the original skirmish rules 
we've got during game setup, special objects may be placed at least two squares away from a starting area. That's a far, like, lot different than, like, the normal ones. Two squares is a sidestep. Um, and then after all characters are placed, one character per force, starting with the first player, may have an object equipped to them. So that's that's before beginning of the game, even. That's just an auto... Like once it's once everyone's set up and ready to go, you can equip one person right away. This is gnarly. I'm I'm gonna pause and say how crazy cool and maybe a little broken <laughs> this changes. You just get a auto start vulture with the awk arms if you want to. That would be on the highest end or in any other case. Your just character automatically starts Andre the Giant, Blood Axe, you know, whatever possible uh, combinations you have. You get to choose just one character, even if they don't have that whole start with trait if i'm reading this right you just get to choose any character and they just get to auto start with a piece of equipment which is it's pretty awesome mm -hmm. it's pretty insane i that uh i, I want to see how that uh plays out i'm really curious to see how well that works so with like um like ultra chase thanos you start with the ego gem and then you could at the beginning of the game like auto have the uh oh, yeah. soul gem yeah like and since objects like being destructible now it, i mean they're basically all destructible now. Like, they just are. Um, it makes it, like, there's no reason not to play an object on your force. Like, just automatically give someone, you know, that, like, Cosmic Cube or that Infinity Gauntlet. You don't sure. have to worry about it being destroyed ever in this format. And the, the rule of first-round limitations has a damage reduction element. Currently, it reads... Once at any time during another player's first round, when a character on your force would take damage, you can reduce the damage dealt to that character by two. If multiple characters would be hit, you can only reduce the damage dealt to one of them. Penetra penetrating damage can't be reduced by this effect. Um, so they liked this rule, so they bumped it to once during an opponent's first round, when a friendly character would take damage, you may reduce penetrating damage and reduce the damage taken by two in addition to any other reducers. Pulse Wave can't be activated during a player's first round. Uh, so basically that makes Impervious, like at least during your first round, uh, it makes Impervious real big. Can't be, like you can't take like the penetrating, you get a re like, reduce penetrating, and then you get to reduce it by an additional two for like one character. So that means one character on your force has a impervious with like on first round they have an impervious that can reduce by four, or you can just roll out of it. Not sure which you get to decide first. If you're like I'm gonna reduce by four and then you roll to see if it reduces to zero, but that's pretty big. Yeah. Um, yeah. I get, I think first round. Because this is a very fast-paced format, I think first yeah. round is very big for oh, this format. Oh, absolutely! Like that's like the most important round of the entire thing, really. Uh, whoever when, wins the roll yeah. off is just at such a huge advantage. Even with the whole can reduce an extra two, and if they all have good reducers, then it's by three or even by four, which is gnarly. You know, like it's gonna be yeah. crazy. Uh, which brings us to victory conditions. The first player to score 15 points in a two-player game or 20 points in a three-to-four player game wins immediately. Bystanders weren't referenced explicitly in determining victory points before. Killing a bystander should count as dealing a click of damage, which 
reads like this. While you are the active player, score one point for every bystander token. Sorry, every bystander character that you KO. Now, it doesn't say friendly or opposing. So someone's already like, so you're saying I can pulse wave a bunch of my own bystanders and just instantaneously win the game. Obviously, it's not meant to be like that, but the way people are, and since they left it kind of open-ended, you know, to push a bystander or kill your own bystander. Yeah, I mean, by the, by the way it's written right now, obviously it clearly isn't meant that way because that's, I think, against the spirit of the format. But anybody will take anything to get that extra little leg up if they think it's going to help them out. So I think that's all of the rules. Pretty yeah, neat. that's all the... <laughs> The new stuff. That's all the new stuff. Yeah. Have you tried skirmish? Are you weary of trying skirmish? Then write in to Dial H and let us know. I really want to try it. I actually um, probably want to like do a video of it sometime whenever I can like find four people to try and play a game and figure out how it all totally goes. I really do want to try it because that map is really sweet. So I definitely want to try it out. Yeah. And yeah, let us know if you guys try skirmish and what your thoughts are. Next up in news, we're going to go ahead. I wasn't there, but Simeon still was. That's half the podcast is enough to make a segment about it. We're going to talk about the recent Nebraska Popper uh, State Rock event that was held. So, Simeon, give us the lowdown on that, if you would. The lowdown on the Popper States yeah, like, for Nebraska. Was it anything like the one before that I also missed for uh, the Nebraska States? Oh, you mean like the the previous Nebraska States event? Yeah. Well, Calder, I just got back from uh, Nebraska States. Um, I was running Vulture. Oh, G. And, you know, G. Willikers, some like stuff like that because this was three hundred constructed. That's right. Modern, you know. Three hundred modern. And, uh, in April of twenty nineteen. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, somewhere around that time, for sure. sure. This is when I'm recording and saying these well, things. We, well, we're, you you aren't on it. I haven't asked you to be on the podcast yet, so we're we're not recording. This is just a uh, uh, us having a conversation. No no mics involved. Yep. Yep. That's what I. Meant weird by thing. That. Weird, weird thing for you to say there about recording, Simeon. I hope it so. Going to be on the so yeah, uh, the event went pretty well. Um, I went undefeated in Swiss. I beat Lucas. And then in the top four, I got beat by Kevin, who went on to face Lucas in the finals, and Lucas ended up winning the event. Uh, that's shucks. how the. Uh, well, that's yeah, good for Lucas. Too bad went. you didn't do that well, though, Simeon. Nope, too bad. Well, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, talk to you later, man. So wait, how did how did it go this time again? Oh, the uh, the popper states. Uh, yeah, the popper state one. Three hundred popper. Yeah. Um, well, it was a pretty good day. Uh, Thirteen people showed up. Uh, I got top four cut, and I got beat out by Kevin, who went on to face Lucas in the final. Oh, I beat Lucas in in Swiss, by the way, and then uh, he he beat Kevin in the finals. So. Well, I'm sure that's nothing like it's happened before. No, I don't recall a time that that would have happened. No, neither do I. Although I didn't show up the first time, so I suppose I really wouldn't have a clue. Is there <laughs> is there anything you wanted to talk about at the Popper Rock State <laughs> Tournament? Jeez. The peak of the peak of comedy. Um, I don't. Do we just have a shared uh, flashback there? Is is that what? <laughs> yeah, we have. 
our brains have connected too much. We are too powerful now. Uh, So I did do like a quick little write-up. So my first game was against Isaac Denke, who got, he ended up getting fourth, and he ran Onslaught, Maestro, Dr. Frankenstein, Proteus, the Knobbed Mace, Train Map, and some IDs. Uh, So it was a plus four monster theme. Monster. That's cool. I like that Maestro. That's, Uh, That's cool. Yes, I really like Maestro and Popper. Um, I was glad that I faced Isaac because I didn't get to play him at all uh, in the South Dakota states. And he had like an onslaught team that I was like, I wonder how I could have done against that. So I was glad that I played against him. Uh, I ended up winning this game. It was really like touch and go for a little while. And then like it was really like I think he was up in points. He had taken out like Undertaker and some other stuff. I was down to like Shawn Michaels and Eddie. Eddie was on an outwit click, which doesn't help me against Onslaught. Um, I'm pretty sure I ended up doing like some sweet chin music, not a fully charged sweet chin music, but I hit Onslaught. Um, he probed it. No, I missed Onslaught. I probed it with like my last theme team. He probed it with Onslaught, and then I crit hit, and he didn't have Ooh. another prop. Nice. So, it ended up one one shotting onslaught. Um, well, he wasn't on. Wasn't yeah, on he wasn't on his invuln. Yeah, okay. but it, it like took him out in the one hit. Um, so then it was super just senses, baby. It's pretty hot. Yeah, it was just uh like, like Proteus, Maestro against uh, Shawn Michaels and Eddie. And at that point, I'm just like <laughs> staying away, like outwitting Maestro's like stuff, uh, like submission holding him. But it was like really. Maestro's got those like lower clicks where it's uh, like a free attack plus flurry, and he's got the, the blood axe, oh, so yeah. he can exploit me. He can he can do all kinds of nasty stuff, and yeah, he can heal the top dial with that if he hits all of the attacks. So it was basically just uh, let Shawn Michaels recharge, hit him with another sweet chin music with like an outwit, and like that's basically how the game went. Uh, and Eddie with his triple flurries as well. Uh, game two. Oh, and the trains are trains are scary. That like five points where they can roll to attack to you. WWE you... superstars. Yeah, trains are very scary. <laughs> very scary. Uh, game two was against Lucas. Uh, he ended up winning the event. Um, played really well. Uh, he had an Avengers team. It was Hulk, Medusa, Crystal, Voyager, Giant Girl, Aim White, Aim Red. Fast Force Giant Girl, Blood Axe, Iron Avengers map, Dune Buggy, and IDs. Um, he won map because he had like a plus eight or nine, I think. I don't. He had a really high number. I only had a four. He won map and decided not to take me to Stark Tower, uh, the Iron Avengers thing. Yeah. So he didn't get his map bonus. Um, hmm. I can't remember. He took me to like the Genosha map, the one where it's like elevated on the two sides. And then there's like a stripped down, like a diagonal strip down the middle of the map. He took me to that map. Um, I placed my boxing ring. I moved up, equipped my blood axe, moved into the ring. Like basically I built my team. Oh, I should say what I was running. That'd uh, be a great help. Otherwise we'll just assume it's the exact that same thing made as them. last week. It's almost the exact so same. You so you have Eddie Oscar. Guerrero and HBK. We know that. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know those two for sure. Uh, it was Oscar at 40 again. And then I dropped Stone Cold and Prez Ricard and threw in Undertaker at 100 points 
and the blood axe because i really wanted something to get around shape change especially seeing like all the onslaughts i was like man it'd be great to get around shape change um and it was the one time it happened uh so that's what i was running uh my whole team is based around like undertaker can tank a bunch uh eddie can tank at least three hits even if they're big hits um oscar can't tank anything at all and then uh sean michaels is just hard to hit so my whole team is just based like i've got people that i'll allow to get hit and then i've got people where i can sink all of my probs into like trying to keep them alive um so he set up a big wave of attacks which is kind of what the avengers team does it's like a bunch of like move up free attack kind of stuff uh he moved up to the boxing ring and sunk a bunch of bunch of theme team probs into like hitting his first attack i think i threw eddie's prob at him and then he had to sink like four of his theme team probs into hitting his first attack and then i just hit my super senses anyhow nice um so that was uh he hit i think it was I Shawn mean, michaels sucks. He, i hate it when your opponent gets super senses <laughs> i think he hit like Shawn michaels to like his super senses uh empower click and then i ended up like rolling super senses when he tried to quake so um so yeah then he came in with like a hulk uh, i think he whiffed that attack crystal all i think i hit my super senses on the crystal attack and then that was basically all he had that turn and so my turn i had an empower from sean and i had giant reach from uh undertaker so i was able to uh charge exploit the hulk for three with oscar and then she got her plus one defense for the rest of the game nice. um i was able to like fly and leap with a few characters and do different stuff like that i basically took out i took out hulk medusa and i dropped crystal to like an eight attack all in the same turn um another thing that was going for me was the way he had positioned his uh dune buggy was like right in the corner of the ring that I wanted to be in. So I just stuck all my guys as close to that. And I was like, he's going to be within four unless he's attacking with like a giant girl with colossal reach. So everyone he's attacking with is going to be at a minus one. And that really, that hurt him a lot in that match. But no, it was mostly just uh, bad rolls for him. And then me hitting like a super senses. And then, so yeah, he killed Oscar. And then I finished off the rest of his team with Undertaker. I almost spent a turn equipping Undertaker with his Blood Axe because his Hulk also had a Blood Axe. And I was like, I don't need two Blood Axes on this team. And it was like mostly cleanup at that point. So I just like trudged ahead. That's when you do the stuff you don't need to do. When it's just (laughs) cleanup, dude, those are my favorite like kind ever. You don't have to handily beat someone. Just like make sure I regen everybody. Yeah. I want everyone to be top dial when I do this. Yeah. Well, maybe not that, but like side tangent, because this is all about you. And I want to talk about me. I want to talk about, I, I want to talk about number one, you know, like this song anyways. Um, but against Tyler Spees, the one, you know, here, of course, world champion, Tyler Spees, uh, who I beat, uh, in that one, uh, tournament, uh, he just had like three or four <laughs> colossals left. 
So I'm just like, you know what? I just want to win with Captain Venom. So I made Captain Venom do all the work after that. Like I had, oh, I had Mojo man. and all these Collins and stuff to do, but I'm like, nah, <laughs> what a bad man. I'm gonna have Captain. I'm gonna TK Captain Venom up and make him quake everybody. I let him. He brought in Firestorm, and I'm like, I could also attack. I could have retaliated against Firestorm, and I'm like, no, it's Captain Venom's time to shine, and that felt really good. It felt good to me. Felt good to me. All right, keep going. I do like when you've got like the one character that you normally never get to pull off their cool thing, yeah. and it's like, I'm just gonna do it. Like when I uh, sweet chin music to your Alex Wilder, 14 for five <laughs> on his last click, and I didn't need to. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that time. Sportsmanship. That's what that is. Uh, well, so game you know three. what isn't sportsmanship? When I ask for the dice and you <laughs> shake my hand because you think I'm conceding, <laughs> that's not sportsmanship, uh, Simeon Bruce. I forgot ah! about it. We didn't mention that. We didn't mention that. Ah, came out, had to come out naturally <laughs> so, in my own angry state. Yeah, at one point during our match, <laughs> Calder had already lost his 200-point juggernaut. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, a few, like, 200-point uh, juggernaut, and I want to say Captain Britain was dead. And... He reached across the table to get the dice from me, and I thought he was just conceding, so I shook his hand and said, like, good game. And he was like, I'm not conceding. Ugh. 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 If it was anybody but you, I might have been a little more angry. But, uh, but it's fine. Well, it's fine. Will, Will was standing behind, like, watching the game, and he was like, well, to be honest, I also thought you were trying to shake his hand. Yeah. So... I'm not on the on my own there. Um, but to get back to the right keep weekend, going. yeah, keep going. Uh, game three was against Kevin. He ended up getting second. Um, so Kevin did a great job learning against me last week, learning that uh, you don't want to leave onslaught next to submission hold. And so he ran onslaught, Undertaker. Claire Finn from Orville, uh, Alex Wilder, Giant Girl, Blood Axe, and the Train Map. So, Claire Finn is just there mostly for the uh, Yafit Pog. Yeah. Yafit gives characters that are adjacent sidestep. So, giving Onslaught sidestep meant that even if he's double tokened, he can still free action, in cap, mind control, whatever, and then sidestep away. Which meant it was really hard for me, even if I did pop him off of Invuln, it was really hard for me to get a submission set up. Like, just almost never happened. Actually, it, it didn't happen this game. Um, he ended up beating me in this game. Uh, I won map. I took him to the Orville map, because I forgot to bring any of my maps with me, and it just looked like a fun map to play on. Sure. So I, I went to the Orville map, and... Uh, he managed to hit a mind control on Asuka, and I was like, "All right." Like, he also had the train bonus, and if he doesn't win on the, if he doesn't win and get the train map, then his consolation is whoever he chose for that gets a, like the opponent gets a minus one defense when you target them with mind control, in cap, and something else. So he basically, had, like, I had a minus one defense every time onslaught targeted me. Um, but he mind-controlled Asuka. I re-rolled it with the ring. Still hit. It wasn't, it wasn't a hard hit to make. Um, then Asuka, with her 10 attack, went after HBK, who has a 19. He hit. I theme-probed it with HBK. He hit. I theme-probed it with Undertaker. He hit. I probed it with 
Eddie Guerrero's prob, and then he hit again. So he managed to hit a nine four times back-to-back. It was rough, and uh, it just went downhill from there. Um, It was actually, like, a really solid game where even, like, after that, like, it was kind of anyone's game. Like, his Undertaker and my Undertaker both had blood axes. Um, I managed to tie his down with submission hold and, like, an early outwit and stuff like that. And so I did get his Undertaker that time, but there was just no way for me to reach his onslaught in time to, like, knock him off. Um, And then game four was against uh, Jonah Fleming. Haven't heard of him. Yeah, good. Um, Usually runs whales or something, I don't know. Probably something bad. Yeah, so he was running an Avengers build as well. He ended up getting seventh overall. Uh, he was running a different Avengers build than like the standard uh, multi-free attack kind of yeah. thing. So he was running Professor Hulk, which I like. Oh. Um, he's running Voyager with that, Medusa, Aim White, Eric Masterson, Giant Girl, the Stark Tower bonus, and I think... Might have been running two giant girls, but uh, I know he also had the blood axe for Hulk. Um, so this came down to he put me on the uh, he put me on the Avengers, the Stark Tower map, and first turn he uh, first turn he rolled for the Iron Avengers, and he got the Scarlet Witch one, the one with Prob and Force oh, yeah. Blast and all that stuff. Uh, she starts like real close to my starting area and so my first turn i just like positioned my guys moved oscar up equipped eddie with the uh blood axe and then oscar punched the scarlet witch lady and got a plus one defense for the rest of the game so that was like it wouldn't have been a bad idea except he ran out of action so he couldn't move the like the witch away she was just stuck in that square and then the next turn, I just moved everyone up into the ring, and he came in for his big hit. Um, this came down to him not knowing WWE like stats or figures very well. Um, he probably would have done a lot better had he like faced this team before, like in practice or something. But he he didn't know what the team ability did to the full extent. So at one point he hit. I was like, you can't shoot at Eddie right now. He's on click one. Eddie has two clicks that you can actually target him on. So if you hit him for more than, if you hit him for three damage, he instantly is on a blue click. So you can't like shoot him. If you hit him for two damage, he'll land on like a click that you can actually outwit him and stuff on. But he ended up coming in for a big attack as well. And I just sunk a bunch of stuff into like him not hitting it. And he didn't have line of fire for prob. So he ended up missing that one. Um, it took me a while to eat through that Hulk's dial, which surprised me. Um, I was like hitting him like a tank, but yeah, it just surprised me how long I, it took me to get through his dial. And then him with the blood axe and with his trait where he heals one like every other turn, plus he gets a flurry like later on. Um, he almost pulled it out, but I managed to take the Hulk out and Medusa out. I took Medusa out with just like submission hold. So it was pretty much over after that. And then cut to top four because we only had 13 people. I went up against Kevin again. 
he won map this time. He moved Onslaught up and free TK'd my Blood Axe and destroyed it right away. Um, and then since he had to move up like halfway across the map, that meant I could Grand Entrance and reach him that first turn. And so I did that and I sunk quite a bit of hope and dream into Asuka hitting him with an exploit early on. Yeah. And I just couldn't hit a seven. I needed a seven. I threw I threw two theme teams and Eddie's prob at it and I couldn't hit a seven. Um so that was bad. And then I proceeded to he proceeded to make every shape change roll except I think like two the rest of the game. And I was just rolling terribly. But no, he he built a real solid team. Um, Undertaker with Bladax is real crazy. Onslaught with that sidestep is real good. Um, Claire Finn being able to free support and then power action support, that actually did make the difference in the game, like, big time. Yeah. Because uh, she missed, like, one of the support rolls, but she has two. So he missed one and then managed to hit the other one. And so... That went. That was like soul crushing when I was like the one damage I managed to do to onslaught got taken away. Uh, I did KO onslaught in that game, and it came down to his Undertaker and Alex Wilder versus my Undertaker on a stop click, and I want to say Eddie Guerrero, but Eddie Guerrero had two damage, and so once he took out my once he took out my Undertaker, his Undertaker was still on click one, so I couldn't outwit. And yeah. Eddie, with two damage, was like, I need a crit to get him off of that click because I can't outwit him on click one. Like, I just couldn't do anything. And it yeah. was just, it was real rough, but that's how it went. And then, yeah, you can watch, you can watch uh, Lucas versus Isaac in the top four on Happy Little Hero Clicks. He'll have that up probably Monday. And then um, Kevin versus Lucas will be probably on like Tuesday. So, Right on. Uh, just to mention the videos from last event, it was pointed out to me uh, by someone in the comments that I might be a little loud. I'm sorry I can't help it. I project my words. I'm not like, hey, guys. I don't think that was you. That was, that was Calder with a C. Oh, that's right. I was called with a C. So there was a, a another Calder Ness there, but he spelt his name with a C, <laughs> um, and he was just really loud. He was obnoxiously loud. You can hear him in every video. He tries to sing "Hurt." Uh, he did a great injustice to Mr. Cash. I mean, it just it was painful. Whoever Calder with a C was, he needs to cut it out. He needs to cut it out. That ain't cool, dude. Not cool at all. Someone's trying to record. How would they like it if they? Uh, how would you like it if they messed up your recording? Huh? Called her with a C. If you, you know, did a podcast or something, you probably don't. Called her with a C. You're probably a loser. Anyways, moving on to the best news of the week because we finally got news about the Captain America and the Avengers Marvel Hero Click set coming to shelves available in February 2020. Ooh. Are you pumped? Are you excited? I really want to be excited for this, but they're showing me figures I'm going to be real. Do not do not care about. I uh, do not care who these people are. I like Citizen V because I like um, I like his drip he's got going on right there. I like the, the – it's a very comedian-esque looking outfit, uh, so I dig it. I like the Stars and Stripes. Anything patriotic I'm, I'm with you i'm with you 100 you like the stars and stripes what? i like the stars and stripes you might believe this uh <laughs> maybe maybe you might you might not uh 
but I kind of got a, a thing for Americana, Captain America, Stars and Stripes, Go America, Red, White, and Blue, all that good stuff. It might, it's, I'm slightly patriotic, so Stars and Stripes thing is pretty cool. We're going to talk about them. People are excited for Thunderbolts. I think they're taking up spots in my set that should be random, obscure Captain America allies, <laughs> but that's okay. As long as they give me a few, just a few, please. I'm begging you. I'm on my knees here. I know it's already been decided, and I know they're already made, but please tell me there's some good stuff in the set, WizKids. You're, you're, you're worrying me. But we're only two. We're only, well, really three figures in. We're only going to talk about two because the radioactive man is, we've said this before, hey, we really appreciate that you got this image to us early, but you see it. Don't be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got to push. No, it's like, take a breath. Take a breath. In, out. And then calmly grab your phone. Take a picture. Take a few pictures. Make sure they look nice. Then move it over. Flatten it out. Don't have to put it on your knee or whatever. Just, just take it and just take a picture. Don't, don't, don't send us this blurry stuff. It's, it's, it's useless. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm you know, really crazy. grateful, but come on. Man. There's like websites out there. If you're like, you know, if you like to say like R and stuff like that, you know, that you can go to these websites where you can get full comics like scanned into uh, computers. And you can see them in like digital rendered quality. Somebody does like somebody takes like the time and effort to scan them in. But yeah, it's just like a quick job, so it is yep. quite blurry. It's a little hasty, but that's okay. So we have Citizen V and Jolt. Jolt being a prime, the uncommon prime, thirty one B. Citizen V being a uh, is he common? No, he's an uncommon. Number twenty. I want to talk about Citizen V. I've already decided that Simeon. All right, if you're cool talking about. Jolt, they're two Thunderbolts. I think Thunderbolts are cool, but um, they're not Captain America related. So, let's go ahead. He has a trait. Reveal myself to the world. So, he comes in at 50 points, zero range, no special uh, combat symbols, no team ability. Thunderbolts, V Battalion, Celebrity and Martial Artist. Keyword, uh, no affiliation as well, so not even a Masters of Evil uh, team ability on this guy. Because uh, it's a more Thunderbolt version, so that's fine. He has, uh, he also be played at 75 points if you do the reveal myself to the world trait when he would be KO'd. Instead, replace him with 0, 062, or Captain America's at 100 Baron Zemo on his last non-KO click. Then roll a D6 and heal that character equal to half the result. Protect the pulse wave. So, not a fan of one thing, uh, Baron Zemo being a chase. Uh, I, I assume 62 is high enough in this 70-something character set that 62 is a chase. And we've seen that Baron Zemo sculpt. I don't think it's necessarily a chase-worthy sculpt, um, but that's the way it be sometimes. So, seeing the dial, depending on what either Baron Zemo does, this guy, uh, once he dies, once he gets punked, you get a roll d6, see see what he lands on. So, I assume I assume he's either going to be one click short and won't be able to get all the way to top dial, or he'll have exactly six clicks and he potential for top dial bring him in. And even if he's pulse-waved off the map, he gets to use this trait no matter what. Uh, he also has Assembled Bolts and Masters, so he has a trait. This is on, I assume, all Thunderbolts and Masters of Evil, since it works for both. Once per turn, when Citizen V hits, after resolutions, you may roll a d6 on a 5 through 6. If your force has 3 plus th friendly characters with the Masters of Evil or Thunderbolts keyword, remove an action token from Citizen V, or give an action token to the hit target. If your force has 6 or more characters, do both. That's pretty awesome. Uh, remove a token from him, give it to the opposing character. That's dope. 
And then he has charged the first three clicks. Combat reflexes for the first three clicks. 11 attack, 2 damage the first three clicks. So you have 17, 18, 17 first three clicks. And an 8 speed on the first three clicks. What's his special attack power? Precision Strike, Blades, Claws, Fangs. But instead, roll 2d6 uh, for the result. Which, which makes him a really solid secondary attacker for an uncommon little 50-point figure. I don't know if we're going to be able to make a lot of martial artists, celebrity teams, but I assume Thunderbolts should be a fairly easy keyword in this set. They seem to have a pretty big presence. Uh, so I think, it, you know, for a good Thunderbolt filler and sealed, I think that's awesome. I think this is really good for a secondary attacker. And he's not a bad pick in a Battle Royale either. So I think that's really, really, oh, really yeah. cool. And that 50 is points and solid attack value, double chance of rolling, like, I mean... You're, you're probably not going to roll a one or a two twice, but, I mean, you got the double chance at uh, rolling something fairly high. All right, so Jolt is the Uncommon Prime. Real name, Maui Takahamama? I, I, I don't know. She's got Thunderbolts and Speedster keyword. Comes in at 60 points. She's got the Assembled Bolts and Masters trait. It reads the same as Citizen V's. It's going to be the same for, I'm guessing, all of them. Um, even Radioactive Man has that, I believe. Yeah. Uh, she's got a second trait, Hyperkinetic Agility and Bioelectric Manipulation. When Jolt moves one plus square and hits one plus characters, after resolutions, give her a kinetic token. If she has one plus kinetic tokens, she can use willpower. If she has two plus kinetic tokens, she can use energy explosion as free. If she has four plus kinetic tokens, she deals penetrating damage. Uh, kind of like a, kind of like a Marvel version of the Speed Force tokens, because she is a speedster. That's one of her keywords. Um, but yeah, getting the one plus. So like your first attack, you get willpower if you hit. Then you can push and get a second attack. And once you do that, you can do energy explosion as free. So that means in two turns, you could have three attacks. And then if you manage to get a couple more attacks in there, your energy explosion that is still free is penetrating. And also, like, you know, your little bop in and out is penetrating as well. Um, doesn't say she removes them for any reason, so... Yeah, I think solid for 60 points. Uh, her dial, she has flight. She's got six range, two targets. She's not Indom, of course, but she does have that willpower if she gets one hit off. Uh, she starts with a 12-speed hypersonic, 11 attack with precision strike. Wow, on a hypersonic character? Wow. Never seen that before. <laughs> 18 defense, super senses, and only two damage. But if you're getting that energy explosion or if you get that penetrating, it'll be worth it. Uh, remember, precision strike can only be used with one target. So even though she's got two, it's not going to help you out with this case. Uh, she drops down to a 10 attack on click two through four, and then a nine attack with poison and flurry on five and six. Um, she starts with that super senses, goes from an 18 to a 17, click one and two. And then on clicks three and four, she's got energy shield and some mid-dial enhancement. So... I mean, I guess you could place her pretty easily with that, but then her last two clicks, she's mostly close combat with uh, combat reflexes, poison. Um, so if you do get to plus four and then you get to late dial, you've got penetrating poison and you've got flurry with two penetrating damage. 
other than that, um, kind of a lackluster dial. She's she's pretty cool in the fact that uh, she's got like those speed token kind of things. Um, but other than that, she's got no improved targeting or anything, so you won't be able to use that free energy late dial if you're close and trying to poison anyone. Um, the two damage is going to be rough if you get knocked off of the precision strike. Yeah. That's going to be real rough when you're like mid dial and you haven't gotten those tokens racked up. So you don't have the penetrating yet. Well, all she has to do is hit. So it might be a few turns of doing nothing. Uh, yeah. But she can at least get there. Uh, but yeah, no, getting knocked <laughs> to that mid dial would re- be a huge bummer. And we'll, yeah, we'll have to see a lot of the rest of the set. But just basing off of her, um, like if she was going to go against like Citizen V, the other uncommon that we saw for 10 points more, she's going to probably just like outmaneuver him like oh, for sure. the entire game. And so she's still a solid pick just because a 12 speed, 12 speed, six range hypersonic means she doesn't have to get in close and she can just you know, bop in and out real easy. So I can't tell if there's really a theme for the primes. There just might not be there. That that's all the time. So I assume there's really not really a theme for the primes. Of course, this is the only like person we've seen, but she seems like a kind of generic thunderbolt, unless she's part of a super cool thunderbolt related speedster team that I don't know about, in which case then maybe that's the theme for the primes. So that's neat. And I, I was trying to figure out like who the non prime might be. And then if you look at the back of the card, there's like yeah. a Thunderbolts issue number 10. It's the same lady, Jolt, but like not clear. You know, she's got like, she's got color instead of the, the like blue, like clear kind of thing going on. So I'm oh, guessing nice. that's the non-prime is just like a fully painted one. Right on. Uh, scrolling around. Uh, I'm just going to fix this before someone says, um, actually you're an idiot. Uh, 062 is a super rare for Baron Zemo. Uh, the chases are 69 through 74. So I apologize. Oh, then Ultra Chase said 075. So I apologize for saying that about five minutes ago. Please don't roast me alive. Speaking of uh, chases and super rares, what do you think that Hulk is rarity-wise? That Hulk, I I assume this is just me thinking just because we've seen Ultron and Ultron has an FX base and all the chases are going to have FX bases. I assume all the chases are going to be uh, villains. If they're doing a theme, which they could always do a half theme like they've done before. So you never know. But I assume that that Hulk's is super rare, I would say. Just because yeah. we haven't seen him with the effects base under his dial. It's a real cool sculpt. It's him crawling out of his grave. It says, here That's lies cool. Bruce Banner. It is nice. He's covered in mud. He's like a little bit of Solomon Grundy-esque. Um, and then right above him, we've got Doctor Strange. Doing this like guy the, is just stealing the show, by the way, for how oh, yeah. amazing this sculpt looks. Yeah, it's it's like a little bit of like Doctor Fate and a little bit of uh, who was the DC guy that had like that big? Was there a Constantine? I think there was a Constantine with like a big Constantine like uh, the big uh, like pentagram or something behind him, magic yeah. looking symbols and stuff. So he's got like a ton of that going on. His hands are glowing. He's got a flowing cape. This Pretty is like a, cool newer, a newer look for the Doctor Strange. This has got to be a super rare. A super rare or uh chase, if they do it half heroes, half villains, because it's very easy to give Doctor Strange a uh, an effect if they wanted to. And oh, yeah. like 
some like there's like lightning behind Thor's cape, which is like maybe Thor has an effect, maybe Doctor Strange has an effect. Like we can't, I can't really tell, or maybe it's it just definitely looks lightning. like yeah, it yeah. definitely looks like there's an FX. It could be coming off of like Hulk for some reason too, but yeah, Hulk's there's like some caught some lightning. The the lightning cracks like like Frankenstein <laughs> that's style what brought him brought back him to, to life. life yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, there's definitely like an effect that's going on between Thor, Hulk, and Strange. Yeah, um, it's one of you guys. It's yeah. One of three. Uh, talk about that Thor a little bit. He's got the gold hammer. He's got the gold arm. Uh, this is one of the newer Thors. I don't know anything about comic books if they're not Captain America related, so I don't know what this Thor is from. He looks really cool. He's like translucent uh, lightning at the bottom of his base and his like shins like under his knee are also translucent which is really really cool and he's like flying up using the hammer obviously and like that's a really amazing sculpt probably also a super rare or something like that like that's just a really sweet sculpt yeah and then of course we have the Captain America sculpt that we've been seeing with him uh, catching his shield uh, this one I don't know if I didn't notice it before but it doesn't have the white on the like forearm to bicep like area that normally Captain America has maybe it was on the other ones and not on this one and I just didn't notice or maybe it wasn't on any of them and I'm just noticing now but either way that is uh, a little bit of not really concern he, there's probably has a design where he's missing the white but I always I like that I like that little white bit uh, just because there's like white is not a big in his costume it's mostly blue and red without that little extra bit and that's probably like the thing yeah. they, they remove that a lot in all of the movies uh besides like the first two avengers so you know just this is like no a one much else older costume right this is like this looks like prime 80s version with the humongous belt buckle which is just yeah. like a big like normal belt buckle but just huge this looks like uh hotline captain america i'm gonna be gushing over this super boring probably common uncommon captain america <laughs> sculpt but because it's captain america and it's my show i'm allowed to do that also uh to gush over another thing here the set symbol is really cool i thought it was going to be a half a half star instead it's the shield right like i thought it was gonna be like a half avengers symbol and then half a shield kind of like how they did with uh civil war where it was like half cap half iron man they instead made it the captain america shield with the avengers a in the middle which is quite clever so I was cool. I'm cool with the set symbol. I think that looks pretty nice. Also, there's a Robbie Reyes, uh, like not sculpt or anything, but just the comic image that they chose as the backdrop. Oh, yeah. So it's got a Captain Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange, Captain America, Iron Man, She-Hulk, Thor. Those those five or six, those six pretty like standard for an Avengers kind of set. Yeah, but getting a Robbie Reyes would be really cool. Oh, and there's a there's a hidden Black Panther in the back corner. I didn't see. He's oh, there yeah. too. Also him. Uh, it's uh, Alex Ross art uh, as always. Alex Ross art is just drop dead, just amazing. The dude's crazy talented. But right on. Uh, we got these from HeroClix Brazil, but he also shared them and doesn't know who to credit. There, the credit is probably out there somewhere. So don't. Don't come at me with pitchforks and torches if we don't know. Sorry, guys. Uh, but that is all the news this week. I overhyped Captain America stuff that wasn't previewed, so you're welcome for that. Moving on to the community section of the podcast. There are dozens of us! Dozens! Dozens of you all saying that all at the same time. Thank you for another good remix, Simeon. I love it. <laughs> don't worry about it. Uh, because we forgot it last week, because it was 12 a.m., 
slash like 12.30 to 1 a.m. by the time we got to community. So I apologize for missing it, all right? We were we were barely holding it together at that point. Uh, we're going to do Jedi Legends Hero Clicks uh, Tip of the Week to start us off first. Don't know what the echo is. I love it. Keep it in there. By that, I mean <laughs> totally get rid of it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. So he says, this is last week's, uh, here's the tip of the week. Steel energy with flurry would result in two uses of steel energy. Flurry is one action comprised of two parts, two attacks. Each attack will trigger steel energy, so twice, but you only apply those heals once it's obviously done because it's after resolutions you heal, but it's every time you hit. He also uses a punching gif from a wrong anime, and I'm glad that Simeon fixed it in the comments to the correct multiple punching gif from a correct anime. Thank you. Thank you for that, Simeon. Yes, uh, yes, week, yes. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. I just watched that episode actually today because me and my brother are watching through Battle uh, Battle in Egypt. It's pretty sweet. Great little run, yeah. Do, 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 do. Pro probably my favorite that's been animated so far. This is me killing time because I can't find his latest tip of the week. If he even has one this week. Ooh, if he forgot. Because I'm looking at his tweets, like straight up his tweets, and I'm not seeing it. Did you not get one this week? Watch me have somehow missed it again. I know he did message in saying, so you're going to do it twice next week. And I said, nope, might not even do it once. Uh, <laughs> that was just, that was just friendly riffing. So chillax, buddy. Uh, I'm to look at replies here. He might not have done one. Uh, so that sucks. Sucks, uh, sucks to suck, you know. So, hey, we did it this week. So maybe I'm we'll have two it. next week maybe we'll have two next week eventually uh, hey, we'll have two yeah but hey if he forgets there's nothing I, there's nothing i can do about it moving on to community we're gonna go ahead and do the community tuesday's questions simeon go ahead and give us we'll just do like 10 because there it was a pretty easy question to answer and pretty much everyone should have an answer if they play hero clicks so we got a ton of answers and i want to say thank you to everybody so we chose about 10 each and those are what we're going to be reading the community tuesday's question was Simeon. Community Tuesday's question was, when did you start playing Heroclix, and what was your first set? What's your answer, Calder? Uh, so I started playing Heroclix sometime around 2011, 2012-ish. The first set I bought, uh, because I chose to buy it online, was the 2011 Captain America set. That was the first booster brick set that I ever opened. So yeah, what about you, Simeon? I didn't start playing until the very, very end of 2014. This would have been like December-ish. Um, so the first set I bought was out of the gravity feed for Flash. I The very first figure I ever pulled of Heroclix was a Max Mercury. And I said, wow, what an iconic figure I have now. Max Mercury. I can almost remember my like the, my uh, booster. Oh man, Max, Mer you know Max Mercury. You know one, one the of those. Elvis Flash man. Like, yeah. Um, no, I I bought that. Um, then I I don't think I really bought like an actual like sealed booster until like Avengers Assemble, and then I played in War of Light, of course, and so like I got some of those boosters. But no, I, I mostly just bought real old stuff online. Like I bought like a CUR of Wolverine and the X-Men. Did you remember your first like brick you ever bought? The first brick I bought would have been, 
I think it was Superman Wonder Woman because they had the Colossals oh. and I was real excited for that. So I pulled Brainiac and I was like, I don't care about Brainiac. And I pulled the Atom and I was like, I don't care about the Atom. I wanted Superman and Batman robot. And then oh, I stopped playing so and I came the back. Atom is and... so good though. The Atom is so <laughs> yeah. good. I came back oh. and they were still modern when I came back. And the Atom was going for like 40 at the time. And yeah. Brainiac was going for like 75, 80. And I was like, why are why do people want these? They're like, they're not iconic figures. It's because they're they're good. They're good. Because yeah. they're good figures. Yeah. One of the only possessors left, and then you know the Adams, the Adam, who is still my favorite all time retaliator. I think he's awesome. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. I think if I can remember, like the first booster I opened, I only opened one booster of Captain America the very first time I ever ordered it. So it was like. Is Mr. Immortal was my first rare. I had no idea who he was, but I instantly liked the guy because I thought he was hilarious. And I think I read like all of Great Lakes Avengers because I got that Mr. Immortal. And I thought like the back of the card, that was huge for when I got in the back of the card, having the brief uh, like synopsis or like little history of the character was so cool to me. Because even if I didn't know who they were, like you got Max Mercury, like I don't know who this dude is. You know, I think they were done putting that on the back of the card by then, like the whole little spiel, a little paragraph about them. But during Captain America, it was still a thing. So I, I really wouldn't, loved reading that. Wouldn't you rather, like, know what your opponent's dial is? I would absolutely not care. the characters that you're playing? <laughs> wouldn't you care more about, like, the, uh, how the game, like, works and, like, you know, the inner workings of the game than, like... The actual thematics and the characters behind it, you know, like the well, the properties that they pay money to own. How is this? As a new player, I would actually care more about what what this character is rather than what they do or knowing what my opponents do. I would rather like to know more about the character themselves. Oddly enough, as a new player, that's what I really enjoyed about the history on the back. So I'm like, I kind of knew who Batrock was because I owned a few Cap comics. Uh, but like I didn't know any back or like Batrock origin story. He's a French dude that like jumps around, you know. And I gotta learn more about him. I didn't know who Slingshot was. I still don't really care. Uh, but now I know she's got the nickname Yo Yo, and she's part of the Secret War. Like that's neat. That's really neat. I thought that was awesome. I love that little history bit, and that's what honestly made me buy a lot of like Avenger, like the first Avenger set and stuff like that. Was the little learning thing. I I thought that was super cool. I know I once I got a lot of cards. I just I like I just go through and read them all because I thought they were super neat. Uh, so, anyways, enough of our answers. I'm gonna go ahead start us off on the Twitters. Vigilante Chris Kurtz says Infinity Challenge. So day one, but not really playing until the second Deadpool set. Also around the time the TMNT set came out, I was told to play or quit buying figures. I want to know more of the story. How he's like I got in at Infinity Challenge. But I never played until 2017 when the Deadpool, went, second like, Deadpool set. Over a decade. Like. Over then, a decade of buying and not playing. Like, wh- what? You know, like, this is, there's a lot of uh, gaps in the story. And I'm really curious about what happened. Uh, go ahead, Simeon. All right. On Facebook, Amber Collins says, 2002 with Infinity Challenge. Started going to events in 2005 where I met Jason that's uh, the couple from Married with Clicks. Took time off around 2008 when my daughter was born and the game wasn't being produced. Came back to actively playing in 2013 just, at, just after my sons were born. That's awesome. That's Cody, a long yeah. time running. That is, that is a long time. I mean, 2002, heck yeah. 
uh, Cody Williams said, I started playing when the first AVX starter sets were new. The Avengers starter was my first clicks purchase, and then I bought a Wolverine and the X-Men, uh, pulled a Super Duo, Deathlock Prime, Booster, and some Invincible uh, Iron Man. Still nostalgic for those three sets, even though I probably only have five figures from then out. I really, I bought a lot of Invincible Iron Man when it came out because I, I thought the chases were so cool that was probably the first like chase theme i still don't own all of but i, I thought the chases were so cool even though i didn't not know what they were because they're not even real comic characters but they were just so cool i actually wanted to just own them all because they were just awesome nice robin caves says i technically started with a starter of the first marvel and dc sets but never found anyone that played beyond one friend i taught now that I'm actually in it legit, I started around the time of Uncanny X-Men's release. My first step in was a full gravity feed of all three Yu-Gi-Oh sets, Street Fighter starter, Fast Force of World's Finest, and Nick Fury Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a small assortment of commons from various sets donated to me, all purchased around the same time. I mostly just wanted to play Yu-Gi-Oh, but was open to including stuff from everything. It's Nice. Superhero nice. Organis, Robin Caves. There you go. You got it. Uh, little plus, little plus superheroes. The ruffian. Uh, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. In 2014, I saw War of Light advert and talked my friends into giving the game a shot. We all bought some hero clicks, printed out a rule book and pack, and never looked back. That is awesome. Vigilante Jeff Polier says Infinity Challenge was my first set, but my wife and I moved on to other games after Indie Clicks because we only had each other to play with. I returned to the game after our son joined me with Batman. Right on. Isis FX said, Right after WizKids saved it from dying completely, I bought an Icon starter while the game was dead, and then my first set I bought a brick of was Brave and the Bold. Brave and the Bold was a really weird set. Really weird. I remember I just had to sort through a lot of it. I remember thinking, like, what is what is this set? <laughs> Great super rares, though. Yeah, I know. Great super uh, rares. Larry Slade said, About three weeks ago, first set is the Blackest Night starter set. Big Lantern fan. I included this one because it made me feel not as uh, new. You know? Everyone else is like, I started like literally before cards were even thought of. Right. Yeah. That kind of gets me. Well, so. from the beginning, you know. Don't you? I'm like, no. No, not at all. I could, could barely make thoughts when this game like first came out. Jeez. Um, Wait, did he say his first thing was the Blackest Night starter set? And he began playing three weeks ago? Yeah. So he must have uh, found okay, like, yeah, an old one Okay, yeah, the store must have had it. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Uh, Loyal Miller, his assistant Loyal Miller, said, I started playing late 2016 with superfan Christian Bogan. I bought a lot of old pieces at first from Amazon and started pulling blind boosters in January 2017. I mostly bought grab bags and superior foe stuff. Uh, hot set at the time. That was a good set. So it's not a bad set to buy a bunch of random stuff of. All right. Matt G. Rachinos. I'll get the pronunciation Why, why you just, uh, just say Matty G? Like, like, just give up like everybody else. I Come will on. not. <sighs> not part of his i'm not part of his team i'm not allowed to say those things uh matt g says infinity challenge took a break in 2007 started to play again competitively in 2014 and i hear that he is quite good at competition i think he's, I think he's all right i think he's doing pretty all right for himself in the old, the old competitive <laughs> scene 
Vigilante Collectible, my first ever game, was in 2002 using pieces from Clobberin' Time, but I didn't play again until 2014. The Legion of Doom Fast Forces was enough to entice me to actually find a shop with events and start building a collection. The, the gaps I'm seeing people take these, like, breaks in is crazy. Crazy for me. 20, yeah. 2002 and then coming back in 2014. That's just insanely awesome that you're that you're playing. That's really cool. All right. Benjamin Umansky says, February will be two years. I saw the game outside my local comic shop, and when they saw me watching, they ran inside and grabbed me a bag of some common and uncommon pieces from Joker's Wild. Superhero, Ben Umansky. Simeon. Oh. Goodness gracious, guys can get fired. Vigilante, Jedi Legend. He did rank up last month, and I have it on my piece of paper, but I must have forgot to say it. Because he mentioned that he that he uh, I didn't say it on the podcast, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, but it's on my paper. I just once again it was like 1 a.m. Uh, the Sentinel big figure, closely followed by Infinity Challenge starter set. My bro was into collecting the figs and said, and I said, oh, it's a game. I'll give it a try. Worked it out for myself, and we've been playing without hiatus since the dawn of clicks. <sighs> Impressive. Good job. Yeah, takes effort, especially when it died for a while. Right. Yeah. So- Steven Bumbera says... playing Heroescape there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Ow, that's really dark times. Uh, really times. Steven Bumbera says, Started with Infinity Challenge, left a game at Mutant Mayhem. I just returned at ABPI. So going along with that, from Mutant Mayhem to ABPI, that's that's got to be close to, like, what, 15 years? Yeah, yeah. Jeez. The people coming back to it is what's really really getting me like wow i'm just really i'm super impressed ah excuse me protagonist ben jones on my son's first birthday had the marvel universe starter sitting on a shelf and a friend said let's give that a go so we did been playing ever since my son turns 15 in january my first event was during the coming of galactus I always saw those, uh, that big event thing and like the info on the Avengers like boosters, but obviously I got in in 2012. So when I had Avengers boosters, like the event was like well dead and over, but I was like, man, I can win a Galactus somewhere. Where's my, where's my nearest game shop? Three hours away. Cool, 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 cool. Imagine like a, a big summer event to draw people in like that. Imagine if they, uh, did that, that'd be. That'd be really cool if they did like so even something like Galactus. Uh, wow, that'd be that'd crazy be cool. If they, you know. But we had Regenesis, so that's yeah. Cool. I mean, what uh, do I know? I don't have twenty twenty vision. Aaron Constantine Morgan says, since the beginning of the game, first outing to a local event was for Arkham Asylum. Pulled Sinestro, Batman, and have been playing in the bigger games ever since. Nice. Superhero Demon Hunter. My first set was Guardians of the Galaxy. Primary notable pull was Zombie Morbius. Uh, just shout out to anyone that somehow just got a zombie by buying one booster. Because I bought so many single boosters of that set and wasted so much money and I only ever got Red Skull. So, boom. Love it. Love Great set to get started into. Guardians of the Galaxy was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rebecca Tim Romo said, 2006, it was the 2099 starter set. Nice. Uh, Rex Jungle Cat said, picked up the Smallville Fast Forces set so my son and I could try out the game. Shout out to Ryan uh, Glass Cabinet Films 
for his tutorials on YouTube. Uh, I feel like I should shout it out as well, but uh, I got in just because like I really liked Minimates and Glass Cabinet had Minimate reviews on his channel, and he also had Heroclix unboxings. And I remember watching all the Heroclix boxings, trying to figure out what it was. That's how I got into the game since I didn't have a you know game store anywhere, literally anywhere near me. I didn't even know game stores existed i'm like who who would possibly waste that much money that you would set up a storefront for something like this ridiculous so yeah thank you absolutely thank you to ryan of glass cabinet because he also got me in the game so i think it's really cool that uh somebody else used that to help them get going with the game as well very nice matthew amar armar i don't know it's arm it's good job armoire I want to say armoire, but I'm I think sure it's like it is. A, I guarantee it's it like a furniture is. item. So, I, uh, infinity challenge is what he says, and a few sets past that, then not again until my Superman Wonder Woman. The amount of people saying infinity challenge is making me feel like I got in way late. Like it's crazy. Infinity challenge. You know, oh, I first set. Yeah. Of course. I uh, always so... feel like that when I read these things. I always feel like like 2014. Like I don't even know how to play. I mean, it's right. been five years, but yeah. Uh, Citizen Tippy Toe Nuts, Tippy Toes Nuts, excuse me, started collecting them with the Flash set, but only started actually playing the game a few months back. Right on. That's kind of how I started, because I didn't really play play the game, you know. Didn't really know how it worked, so I just collected the figures. Thought they were cool. Oh, yeah. That's what, I mean, that's what I initially started as, but I was like, well, if I have them, I might as well play with them. And Do so... This is off tangent, but what was like the first figure or sculpts that you saw where you're like, that's awesome. I want to own more that look like this. Or just like, we're so impressed with the sculpts that you're like, yeah, these just as figures are just awesome. Uh, the first one that I like really, really needed was X-Man from the Wolverine and the X-Men set. Ooh, yeah. um, I was just like scrolling through HC realms and I saw that and being like a big X-Man fan, big like fan of Nate Gray, um, I was like, I really need that, and I got it. And it's got like a real weird dial, so I've never, I've played it maybe like four or five times because it's just mm, hard okay. to field. But that was a big one, and then like the Phoenix Five. Like once I finally collected all of them, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, just super cool sculpts. Um, and then I think last on Facebook that I've got is Bail Omar says. I started with the first Star Trek tactics set. My first ever game was in a tactics tournament. I had to include that one because that's Star Calder's Trek. favorite set as well. Star Trek yeah. tactics. Yeah, it absolutely is. I love I love the old Treks. I'm a real Trekkie, you know? Have a long life and may it do you well. All that jazz. Fingers uh, spread where it's whatever. Um Dr. Alfred, last one I'll read on Twitter. Dr. Alfred said, I believe I started playing with my cousin back when Crisis came out, but didn't get my first set until Incredible Hulk, and it was a starter set at uh, Cookie, Cookie Con uh, in Philadelphia. I probably said that wrong. Uh, that I believe he bought me, uh, bought for me. The Assassin's Creed Brotherhood and Revelations uh, were the sets I bought myself. Really cool uh, sets to buy yourself when it's you know not the normal Marvel DC stuff, but uh, the sets that the... 2013 was just a year where they kept pumping out all these crazy different properties, and sadly they weren't modern age, uh, but those did get people into the game, which was really cool. And to round off community, we're going to go ahead and not do a Malcolm Rush question block because they are all very specific to conventions. And if you maybe saw the episode that me and Simeon filmed for fun after our NebraskaCon, 
Uh, it was a Dial C for Conventions episode. And I didn't mention it on every, any other podcast before now. But for kind of our side, like, fun thing, we both really love conventions. And I go into that more on that show. But I implore all of our listeners that if they sort of enjoy the cosplay convention talk that we get into, to check it out. And even if they don't, there is a segment. Uh, the beginning is just an interview with someone that ran a board game room. So it's still board game related. And we do talk a little bit about Hero Clicks in that episode. So you, you might want to just check that out. And then also these Malcolm Rush questions are perfect for another Dial C for Conventions episode, which will be coming out later this week. So thank you, Malcolm, uh, for those questions. We're going to answer those there uh, since that's that more fits the tone of that podcast segment branch off spinoff show moving on the dial h birthday calendar uh, it was my birthday last week it was also super fan lucas van holland's birthday and we totally forgot because like i said we were super tired when we recorded so we really didn't get to a lot of things which is rough i know so we're gonna go ahead and do uh, our birthday shout outs this week and i'm glad that we did because we also have more birthday shout outs to do so simi you want to go ahead and tackle that for us oh yeah and who was thank you for playing that but who was her extra birthday shout out we had this week so we want to wish a happy birthday to john slade um his dad sent in the request he is a new player who looks forward to game time, and he's got his sights set on and playing competitively someday. So happy birthday, John. That's awesome. Uh, and then before we end the show, I do want to shout out a few new patrons. Uh, thank you, Anthony Brown, for upping your Patreon support. Uh, really appreciate it, my man. And then thank you, Aaron Lloyd, who pledged this month. Uh, as we posted on Facebook and Twitter, we are giving away a Joker, Lockjaw, Power Woman, and Daredevil promotional uh, commission-exclusive LE figure slash the winnable Lockjaw. And the, the way we're going to do it is the first name we draw gets to choose, and then the second name we draw gets to choose what's left. So... It's fairly simple. There's four options. Uh, first person chooses one. Second guy chooses the next one. That way, you don't just like, ah, oh, I got stuck with the Mammoth Ghost Rider. That sucks. Instead, you can go ahead and choose from our little pool here, which I think is a cool way to do it. So if you want to do that, go ahead and jump on our Patreon. For as low as $1 a month, you can go ahead and support us and everything we do in the podcast. I'm working on getting more stuff out for the tiers, which is like the stickers and then video shoutouts and everything else done. Uh, obviously, the more we make on Patreon, the more I'll be able to do more stuff on YouTube, which I think would be really cool and really fun. But it also pays for the podcast and lets us keep it going. If you are interested in Discord at all, I hate it personally, but no one cares what I think. So I made a Discord anyway for all the Patreons. And what we're going to start doing before every episode we record, we're going to probably like randomize who we do this with. But we're going to play a round of Bad Samaritan. Uh, Discord has a video, not a video chat, excuse me, a voice chat room. So basically, I'll do it'll be like Simeon, me, and then maybe two other people. So it's like three versus me on Bad Samaritan, or we'll let Simeon do uh, some Bad Samaritan choices as well. So if you want to play Bad Samaritan with us, go ahead and join the Patreon, and we'll do. We're gonna start doing that every week before you record. And of course, if someone wants to play it and they are in a weird time zone, like some of our people from Finland and Australia and all these other places that aren't America. Uh, we'll figure out we'll figure out where we can slide you guys in, you know. Uh, we do our best to be accompanying to those people less free than we are. That's not a statement. It's just a joke. Don't please don't message me about that. I don't 
care. It is a uh, joke. It is a joke. It's a, jo- <laughs> it's a joke. Also, Simeon uh. said it, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you guys, if you're listening to this, you know how, how I am. So please, please just calm down. Lower the pitchforks. Uh, lower the torches. But that wraps up Dial H for Heroclix. As a reminder, you can find us on Facebook.com slash Dial H for Heroclix. Twitter at Dial H4. That's the number four hero clicks. Send us an email at Dial H for, sorry, at Dial H for Hero Clicks at gmail.com. We are on Podbean, iTunes, and wherever awesome podcasts are found. Simeon, go ahead and read us out of here. Before I read us out, I just want to let everyone know that it's getting slick outside. So watch your footing. And with that, Dial H for Heroclix is brought to you by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day, including all the latest Heroclix singles and sealed products. Check them out at CoolStuffInc.com. Happy trails. Ma 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 